my mission with Emerwise is to help individuals have the best versions of themselves and do what they love. And I think, you know, with Bitcoin and increasing purchasing power over time, it'll allow educators to post resources online, content creators to post resources, of course, online to earn the best money ever created. And over time, that will amount in like large purchasing power increases, which then give them more time to create more content and to do more education and even learn themselves. Because I think every educator is also a learner. So that's kind of how I think about the relationship between educators and learning and earning the best money ever created. Hello and welcome to the Freedom Footprint Show. We're concerned about your freedom footprint and we want to help you spread as much freedom dioxide as possible. I'm your host, Luke the Pseudo Finn. I'm here as always with Knut Svonholm. Good evening, Knut. Good evening, Luke. Good to see you again. We have an interesting show today. Yeah, we've got uh, Santos Hernandez joining us, the VP of strategy at Zebedee and the founder of what we're interested in talking about here today, most interested of Emerald Lies, a learning platform that uh, I think you, Knut, and, uh, and Santos will have a lot to talk about today. Yeah, I heard about Santos and uh, especially about Emerald Lies from Daniel Prince a couple of weeks back. And I told Nico that, that we should contact this guy immediately and see if he would be interested in any type of collaboration because I, I thought the idea sounded so cool. So uh, welcome, Santos, to the Freedom Footprint Show. Nice to have you here. Thanks, Kinead. Thanks, Luke. Honored to be here. G give us a little background about yourself. What's, what's your story? And how did you find yeah. Bitcoin? And when and where? And yeah, all, all the usual stuff, you know. So my background is in financial services and financial technology. In 2014, I got a job at Bank of America. I did that job for a while, a year and a half, two years. And in uh, 2015, I had discovered Bitcoin started going down the rabbit hole, found Andreas' videos. I was working in sales at the time, like preferred sales. And when I moved over to retention, I was originating loans. And then um, I had just become completely like disenchanted. Prior to Bank of America, I worked in student loans and I just kind of felt like more and more the system was designed to basically have a pitfall where you get trapped in that. Um, so discovering Bitcoin, discovering an open decentralized network um, this is before I, I understood it as a savings technology as well. I, I just really didn't want to work at Bank of America anymore. In 2016, I quit my job, started educating myself. I had dropped out of high school when I was 14 and began going deeper down the Bitcoin rabbit hole. I really looked at Bitcoin in terms of like foundations, like computer science, it reuni reunited me with my cypherpunk self. And uh, I started learning how to properly code instead of just script kitty activities. And then I, I went down my own, like what, what I call like an ultra learning path, like Scott Young's idea of like aggressive self-directed learning. And I went on Khan Academy, taught myself in like kindergarten to multivariate calculus, a uh, bunch of other things, but predominantly like computer science path and programming, building web applications, started my own web application business. And uh, 
kind of went from there. I ended up getting married, needed to get like a salary, something more reliable, consistent. So then I got a job at, uh, I'm sorry, American Express, where I was doing credit risk analysis. I uh, then moved on to their product team, product and payments team, the global data repository, where I spent about a year and a half there, did like bank integrations, data quality, risk and compliance, marketing and sales related projects. So yeah, it's a like brief summary of me, my background. Um, I really have Bitcoin to thank for enabling me to be able to um, set, have my own kind of path up and my own freedom to discover what it is that I need to learn and what I want to learn and what path I want to go down without Bitcoin as like a savings technology or giving me the savings that I need to educate myself. I wouldn't have been able to do that. I come from quite humble backgrounds. Well, uh, it reminds me of an Isaac Asimov quote, self-education is in my opinion, the only form of education there is. And I tend to agree with that. I mean, you can have occasionally you, you you stumble on a good teacher or two uh, in your school years but most of the time it's just arbitrary knowledge not really you know tailored for your needs at all i always like the the more overarching subjects mathematics in particular because it's the only one that really made sense and the further away from mathematics you got the the less sense the subject made uh, subjects made in school so what else influenced that decision to 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 drop out of school? Like, were you just bored with it? Were you seeing through the bullshit, or what was it? Yeah, that's a great question, and it's a little bit of all of the above. I was I was quite good at mathematics, and I, I would get bored. You know, like I'd have to move at the pace of the classroom. At at home, I would be learning about scripts like in PHP, building like simple little registration scripts, building my and running my own private game servers and uh, letting my friends play on it. And at school, I'm like being taught how to like, type on a keyboard, you know, I'm like, this is a waste of my time. And I would ask questions, like if someone would state something to me, I would, and I, I didn't feel like it logically made sense. I would challenge it and I would ask questions, but always got me into a lot of trouble. And in general, I just, you know, was a computer nerd. I grew up in a pretty rough area. I didn't really quite fit in. So yeah, I pretty much got interested in private game servers, then databases, getting interested in like little small registration scripts that I could publish to support these like open source initiatives. And then I also got deeply interested in esports. I played a lot of Counter-Strike Source. Then I got into World of Warcraft and then I moved on to play Starcraft or I competed in some tournaments. Yeah, so I, I had a lot more going on online and that entertained me and challenged me a lot more. And it taught me a ton about teamwork, strategy, competition, communication, all of these sort of things. So that, that was kind of why I ended up dropping out of school. I just was like, I don't want to go to this. It's just boring. It's a waste of fun. And if I wanted to know something, I could always find like an ebook online and read it or read forum posts where people are quite elaborate and get really detailed guides and tutorials. So that, that's kind of why I dropped out of school. Wow, we have so much in common. <laughs> uh, I used to play World of Warcraft too before it was completely lame, uh, which you did quite early on, to be honest. But, uh, and I play StarCraft as well. So yeah, so so that's fun. And this, I, 
the school stuff is totally relatable too. I mean, recently in Sweden, they, the government announced a new policy for school kids because they've realized that kids that are uh, over intelligent or over talented have a tendency of becoming very depressed in their teens and dropping out of school and committing suicide here uh, <laughs> and as uh, bad stuff like that, that uh, not that dropping out of school is, is bad, but, but suicide is the depression is, uh, and it's because they're, they're not stimulated enough basically. So, so, um, there's a new policy that the teachers are, are forced to notice these kids and, and give them more challenges. And, uh, yeah, if the classes are too big, that that just won't happen. But but there is some some hope that that kids will be more stimulated. I, I well, I'll believe it when I see it. It's still school. It's still public school, and it's still uh, pretty horrible. So yeah, my son is still in in, Sw- in the Swedish school system, while my daughter moved to the Spanish school system now. So yeah, that's how it is. Speaking of education and, and schooling, you've built a, a platform that looks absolutely awesome. That's, uh, that's how we found you, as I said before, the um, Emeralize app, which you call a uh, something in between Substack, Udemy, in, and uh, uh, Powered by Lightning. <laughs> Tell us a bit more about what Emeralize is and, and why people should... Check it out. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's, it relates to what you were saying just now. It's like teachers need to notice that there are students that are moving fast in one particular subject or, you know, quite gifted at one thing. And maybe they're, they have a weakness in another subject, you know, that's typically how it goes. For me, like Khan Academy really like fixed this problem for me where I could move at whatever pace for whatever subject and have my knowledge tested um, and really learn it at the the rate that I want to. So that kept stimulated, kept me going. There's a lot of great feedback loops as well. Rewards, you know, animation, sound. It really keeps you engaged and it's very positive. And uh, Salton, along with like all of his other teachers on Khan Academy, um, do a really great job of instructing and giving you the history or the background context and the explanation. And then after a section, you complete like a quiz or uh, after an entire, um, I guess, for lack of a better term, like an entire module, uh, you would then test your knowledge for each section, which is like two to three, maybe four sections in total. So I found this model to be a lot better because then the student can move at whatever pace they want to. They get detailed feedback without needing an instructor. And instead, you could have like a coach that's more focused on enabling you to learn. And focusing on where you're stuck and like coaching you, motivating you, and that could scale to much greater numbers than like what you could ever have in a classroom. At least that's what I believe. And that's kind of what I've discovered in my own journey. So Emeralize is my, my take on how things could be done. And this is just kind of me putting my stake into the ground with the initial, uh, minimum bio, the product or MVP, the minimum set of features that is needed to be able to accomplish the goal or to solve the problems that I solve. Khan, Khan Academy has the issue where, you know, it's a closed platform. You cannot place your own resources. It's focused on the liberal arts. But they have an excellent learning management system. Khan Academy? 
Academy? Well, what's the name? Yeah, Khan Academy. It's K H A N A C A C D E M Y. Khan Academy. Okay. And dot org. Um, so Khan Academy has the exceptional elements like learning management system, uh, great mm. feedback, great rewards. The the issue is that there's no marketplace, there's no openness to it. And Udemy and Coursera kind of begin solving these issues, but their problem is that they don't have a great learning management system and they have very low completion rates, very low retention rates. They're even quite walled guard as well. What I did was I thought about, well, how can we enable more creators, uh, specifically educators to earn, have a higher earning potential along with incentivizing learning to increase and boost those retention rates. So I built Emeraldize that has an e-learning marketplace where you can discover individual pieces of content, which you can't do on Udemy. You can only buy the entire course, but you might be only interested in a couple of videos out of the course. So you can kind of pick what you want. Creators can make either the resources free or they can make them pay, like with a paywall where you have to complete a transaction in order to gain access to something. And once you have some resources, you can begin to form out courses. The courses are just like a set of resources that help you learn something like a particular subject from step A to step Z. So Emeraldize uses the Lightning Network because then you can have, you know, microscopic transactions. And if you have millions of users as an educator, if you receive like 10 sats, a thousand sats from a hundred thousand users, that's a, a much larger earning potential that you can have on these traditional platforms and Another big problem with Udemy Coursera is that they charge pretty large platform fees. You're going to be looking to pay like 25 to 30% of like a, a platform fee to post your things on there. Emeraldize only takes a 2% platform fee. And that's because we can a lot more economical because lightning fees are significantly cheaper for payment processing than like the legacy financial system. You're going to pay 2.9% plus 30 cents uh, for online payments. These are sort of the problems that I, I, I noticed and that I, I'm attempting to solve. With Bitcoin being global money, you no longer have the issue of like, uh, if a user doesn't have US dollars, like you're based at Nigeria and you only have Naira and there's no way for you to get Naira to USD, you can't actually complete your purchase. So a lot of these platforms, while they open up education a lot more, they're still not necessarily affordable for everyone in the world and nor are they accessible to everyone in the world. So these are the, the problems that I've noticed on my own, and then what I call a critical path, my own self-guided and self-directed learning journey. So I built Emeraldize in hopes of like solving these issues. And I started with a marketplace, a simple learning management system, along with like social, social features. And I plan to add more, like everyone gets their own profile page with their resources and courses as an example. This looks so cool. And I'm looking forward to one day, you know, making a course of my own and up uploading it there. Probably this, this praxeology book I'm, I'm writing at the moment, that's, that could, that could make for a very interesting course, I think, and it's easy divisible into parts. So, so why not, why not just try this out? I think the narrative or the, the correct way to, to view this is that the internet is flawed because, or, or was flawed until 2019 because that's when lightning was introduced right or 
two th- maybe 2018. Uh, when was it? 1918. I don't remember, but it started working in 2019 anyway. So, and, uh, and nowadays it's just the best way of interacting with payments at all. Now the, um, the internet can reach its full potential because you, as you say, the, the borders are gone. We've erased them and, and, and every time a platform shows up or a, a, an app shows up that, that utilizes lightning, we show to the world that this is not only possible, it's here and uh, people are actually doing this. And for a country to be, you know, put barriers uh, in the way of this just great thing that is happening everywhere becomes more and more absurd uh, by the day. So, so I think this, this is the true potential of, you know, Bitcoin on the internet showing the way that, you know, we don't need to be this, you know, tight ass with a tight assy with money all, all the time. We could just let the thing do its thing and flow and everything will be much better. Something along those lines will be part of my course. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, yeah. There are some dates set, uh, I think, or some some uh, almost dates. At, at least you've got a, a time frame, or what's it called, a, a roadmap, for, for lack of a better word. I shitcoiners have have made me hate the word roadmap, but <laughs> but I guess it's useful in this sense. Uh, they they sort of hijack that word because like Bitcoin doesn't have a roadmap. <laughs> uh, so so what's the roadmap for for Emerlice? The roadmap for Emeralds is release on uh, January 3rd. I uh, can open beta for the community to begin taking courses and reviewing resources. So right now, today, I, I announced it. Uh, I announced Emeralds. Everyone, I have a marketing page, build.emeralds.com. You can submit your email and I'll reach out to you over the next few business days uh, and get you onboarded, set up on the platform so you can post like any single pieces of content or call better called resources. So these can be like blog videos, audio, or a combination, uh, all of the above. And, uh, then you can assemble courses that you have material that you, you would like to kind of combine the course into. I think the cool thing too, is that it has embeds of the editor. So like, if you have content that's already been posted, you can just copy and paste it. Like if you have a video on YouTube oh, yeah. or something along with Vimeo or on web science. You can just insert it there, maybe add some additional context or like a written kind of form, uh, and then assemble these into the different courses in a way that makes sense. You could also combine things from YouTube to assemble a course that will make, that will help learners learn. I thought about doing one for Bitcoin because there's tons of great resources online. And I would, of course, give credit uh, and price to the zero, um, but I would, I would give credit to the creators and then assemble it such that like someone could go from not knowing anything about Bitcoin to then being maybe at an intermediate level with Bitcoin, understanding why Bitcoin, what is Bitcoin, how does it work? And like, how do I get my own app to begin using and transacting with Bitcoin? Uh, and then I've assembled uh, on my own, created a, a lightning course by Zebedee. So I, I created a bunch of free and open source resources that have been posting on online. And I've had like a little quote unquote roadmap uh, for that. So on January 3rd, I'll be opening up the platform. 
I'll be releasing a lightning course that will teach you about lightning network 101, LNURL 101, uh, lightning for creators using a lightning app. Um, what are Bitcoin lightning wallets in general and, uh, how to even design a paywall using Figma. Uh, so then I plan to add also like building a late paywall using Python and Django. That'll be a quite complete course. And I plan to add even more as time goes on. I'll, I'll release with a, um, open Bitcoin wallet 101, which is, uh, NBD's, uh, recent announcement about a month ago by our, uh, overlord on Andre Nevis and Fiat Joff. We, we all released, uh, a, an Android wallet that was a fork of like simple, simple Bitcoin wallet. So I'll be releasing a tutorial for that. So like how to send, receive, you know, store your mnemonic phrase, how to back up, uh, pretty much like the basics. So then, um, people can go ahead and get started. I'll be releasing community resources that I've developed for the Arizona Bitcoin network. So anyone can kind of download these, fork them, modify them and use them, use them, uh, in their local communities, use them online, you know, all the like good stuff. And I hope to showcase that's possible for other creators, other organizers, other educators, uh, in the space, so, uh, basically released January 3rd with these resources, lightning 101 or lightning course by Zebedee, open Bitcoin wallet, uh, resource by NBE, and then, uh, onboarding a few other creators, um, and opening it up for everyone to use. And that's kind of what, uh, what my goal is. I'm going to add. Um, some other social features like commenting, um, if you're a paid user, so I'll charge like a thousand cents so we can avoid spam and bots. So then once you pay a thousand cents for Emeraldize Pro, then you can go ahead and actually interact with creators, ask questions, so on and so forth, uh, without losing any of the signal. So these are some other things that I have planned. I've also thought about adding like a newsletter. So keep iterating more or less after the release, keep shipping and keep building for educators. What? Well, I'm curious about the, the editing tool. When you say that you, yeah, when you create a course, like what, what options do you have? It's like, uh, what, what does the content look like? Do you add like, here's a pre-recorded video, here's some text and here's, uh, my, insert my, my live tutor hour here and, uh, like, uh, Here's the quiz. What, what, what does the, the editor look like? Uh, the editor looks like something you would have from like any blogging tools that has like bolding, italicized the editors, list, you know, subscript, um, those like math for mathematics. Um, so it pretty much has everything that, uh, you would use to like assemble, like, uh, like a rich text editor, basically. So if you've used something like notion or WordPad. Um, or even like maps notes where you can bold and palisize. It has all of those things along with embedding, uh, video. So then you can just like copy and paste that embed link and it'll just automatically feed it into video. The same with, um, audio content as well. So I, I aim to make it as simple and easy as possible because a lot of these learning management systems and content creation tools for education in particular are like. 15 to 20 years old. They're very outdated. They're very difficult to use. They're not frictionless. So my goal was to make this as easy as possible. So anyone can assemble courses. Uh, anyone can become an educator and open it up further to the world for the possibilities of earning from their educational content. That's a bit about what it looks like and how it works. You pretty much come up with the title, 
an excerpt, which is what shows on the marketplace as a description. And then you have like a body, which is where the rich text editor appears. You can bold, italicize, underline, you know, create list or um, checklist. Any of those sort of trick-like things you can do with a typical content editor. Many can post them. Um, you can say that it's published or not published. And that way, when that, if you're working on something kind of a work in progress, you can save it for later and kind of continue it later on. Now to like create a course, it's very similar flow. All you have to do is uh, come up with a title, an excerpt for it to show as a description on the marketplace, a price, and then you can either put zero or you can put any amount from zero to whatever you would like to charge in Satoshi's. And from there, you can, you have a, like, you hit next and then you'll see a list of different, um, you'll, you'll have like one row of content, which are resource things. So then you can hit resource one and then you can hit a plus button then add another row. You can hit uh, uh, resource two, so on and so forth to resource five or however many resources that you have, order them and then hit save. And that's it. Your course is uh, created and now users can discover it on the marketplace that can see the list of resources in order uh, that you put them on the add resources to course page that I was just talking about and users can go through and complete them. And if it's a paid course or a paid resource, you'll actually be able to earn uh, Bitcoin back, like very small amounts of Bitcoin on any uh, purchased resource or course. And I plan to add certificates, different things like that as well as time goes on, that's also on my right now. So yeah, that's kind of a, a bit about like, what does it look like to create content? Uh, what does it look like to view content and um, some of the incentives around learning? What about lessons? If I want to uh, do a lesson live or like a talk, is there a scheduling tool? Is it like synced to Calendry or something similar? How, how does that work? Not quite yet. Uh, if that's a feature that folks are interested in, I'm definitely open to feedback. I wanted to keep it as simple as possible for the initial release, see if users use it and uh, if it becomes a thing. And as like users use it, people come to me and say, hey, this would be a really great feature. This would be valuable for me and other instructors. Uh, then I would absolutely be open to building that. One way you could do it right now with the existing capabilities is you could title it uh, with the date and the name of the lesson. Uh, and then you could insert your Twitch stream link as an example, or like a YouTube stream link, uh, and then list it and then post it within the editor. So then when a user buys it, when it goes live, they would be able to see the stream and watch the stream from there. You could also do like a Zoom link uh, it's with a password to prevent people from getting in that shouldn't be in. Um, and include that within the document structure. Oh, so, yeah, so of some course. Yeah, so, and and you could like n just not have it listed on YouTube, so so people can't find it unless they find it through the through MRLIs. Exactly. Or we yeah. could do something similar, like like we're, we're in like a Zoom link that no one else knows about. So you could like post in the description the date, the time on the marketplace. Oh, yeah. So when people buy it, then when they access it, they'd be able to see the Zoom link and access it. You would know. Um, who exactly has purchased it, and then you could moderate it, essentially. What about, say I'm a, what's it called, middle grade t school teacher, and I want to teach kids 
homeschooled kids something like uh and i want to schedule it so homeschool it. kids that are home homeschooling can hop into a, a course at, at a certain time or date how, how, how would i go about that in that situation so say i'm a potential homeschool homeschooling teacher how to reach how to reach homeschoolers around the 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 world and uh, how to use emeralize for, for that purpose this is a tricky question i know <laughs> the way i would do it was i i would create um resources for each day that i find to have a lesson i would add in in the description the date and time what's going to be covered in that lesson i create all the resources first uh then i would create a course which then has these resources in order so that by the date which one's going to take place and when and then one a user could go in and purchase the course and then have access to every single lesson plan conversely if maybe your one of your students has taken all of these before but wants a refresher then you could go in as a student and buy a single lesson as well as a resource so then when you get in and get after you pay using the lightning network to get access to either the course or the resource that you're interested in as a learner you can hop in see the link to zoom join the link to zoom know the password and then take part in the lesson i've done uh one of saifedean's courses on the, on his webpage i uh, i think he just charges a uh a, a fee i i got it for free but i think i think he charges a fee for the whole thing and then you can take any course you want and he got some feedback from from his students this is more like a university course of course but they from from his students that like they wanted it they wanted him to grade them but he refused to grade them because he thinks grades is a, a fiat thing uh, i found that so refreshing like that that the teacher's job is to teach and whatever you choose to do with whatever knowledge you acquire from the you receive from the teacher that's up to you and it's not the teacher's job to grade you which is this is uh now we go into a, a discussion about <laughs> um what, what what's wrong with the school system as it is and i've always you know had that approach and especially i i used to work on a tall ship with a high uh, that had high school students on board and what what i noticed uh, seeing the 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 schooling system from the outside was that the the the, the more most ridiculous thing is that teachers are spending so much time grading students instead of just trying to teach them something like most of their time is about evaluating the kids performance which is something they shouldn't do at all that the evaluation should obviously be done by someone completely different than the teacher because the teacher is obviously biased it's the most biased person in the world to pick for evaluating kids i personally think if if there should be a universities at all all universities it should be the problem of the university how to evaluate which kids to pick <laughs> and not the job of the teacher teaching the kids for three years before they um, start the university course so i mean I, I guess you could integrate grading stuff into mrli's app but, uh, uh, as well but but th there are no plans of doing that i hope or like oh if you get a quiz of course you get a result but but um but 
what are your thoughts around around that ethos of, about learning, ha- having especially having being self taught yourself? Like, what are your thoughts on on grades and uh, the evaluation of student performance? Yeah, I think grades are also part of like the legacy education system or the fiat system. And all honesty, I'm happy to integrate um, or build a feature for Quidness as a resource, as like a knowledge check, maybe like want to go back and review a video, but they should not absolutely determine your success in a course. Um, they're really not meant for that. They're meant to check your, your understanding and your, your mastery of a particular subject, not to determine your future. I think they're a helpful feedback mechanism. But I think what's even more important based on like all of the MOOCs and books that I've read, many of which did not have quizzes, is to integrate the knowledge and to use the knowledge and try to explain it to somebody else or to like reflect on what you've learned and make a post, which is not necessarily like a graded thing. It's merely a reflection on what you learned. Like, how does it relate to your own life? How will you use this information? what where like if you need to recall this information where will you go to like research it um, i think these things are like a lot more useful in terms of the integration of knowledge not necessarily man- memorizing a bunch of arbitrary things that you can look up at any given time it's knowing conceptually what it's about and being able to explain it and understand it which is far more important than being able to recall some like useless facts um, but yeah, we yeah. really don't need on a day-to-day basis. No, and that's that's such a pre-internet era thing to memorize, memorize arbitrary facts, as you say. Having said that, I do like pub quizzes and such, like <laughs> where, where, where you get absolutely one hundred percent random questions from out of nowhere, and you 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 had no chance of preparing whatsoever. Those are very revealing about people, I think. <laughs> That that's the type of test I like. Yeah, I I find it fascinating that. How should I put this? I, I mean, it's not surprising to me that a guy like you that dropped out of school at fourteen and started self-educating is now building an educational platform, uh, because the the best way of, in my opinion, the best way of actually learning something deeply is to teach it to others and it's very underrated i mean if if you're forced to to you know make your thoughts so coherent and easy to understand that other people can understand it too and not only not only you you realize that there were dots there that you hadn't yet connected and that that that, that you didn't have a a very wholesome view of the problem in the first place. So, so I think teaching stuff to others is a great way. If if not, it is probably the best way of actually getting to know a subject through and through. There's there's no better way than that, in my opinion. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Totally agree. I totally agree that teaching others, explaining it to others in various ways, best way to learn, along with integrating your knowledge directly. When I learned Python, I built like a bunch of Python scripts and I used them for work uh, and automated a bunch of functions of my job. When I learned Django to build web applications, uh, I went out and started a web application business and, you know, uh, built a bunch of different simple little websites for small business editors uh, that really taught me the relationship between like a language like PHP or Django 
you know, I slowly evolved it to then think about like how I could build these things in, in a more scalable fashion. So then uh, I learned, I built open source degrees back in like 2018, 2019, uh, to solve a problem of like, well, if you're an online learner, you have this issue of like, you don't know where to start. You don't know what your skill level is and you might have some preconceptions of what your skill level is. So instead like giving a set of resources to be able or courses to be able to get someone from like step A to step Z in an entire subject, uh, which I did one for like mathematics, did one for computer science, a few other things. Uh, but really at the time, I didn't know how to like build products and market them and different things like that. Uh, so that, that project ended up, uh, it's still online to this day, but it's kind of, it's a deck project and I don't really maintain it anymore. I would see Emeralds as like an evolution of that. So I think like one, like reflecting writing and then teaching and then integration directly, like building something, using it in some way, uh, are the best ways of teaching. So if you're like learning a new skill, begin using that skill and learning it right away. Uh, yeah, that, that would be what I would suggest. Great suggestion. Writing has certainly helped me and talking about my writing afterwards has helped my writing a lot too. So it's a, it's a positive feedback loop. We should keep teaching these Bitcoin skills to, to other people. Of course, uh, that's why we're here. Before uh, we continue, I just also like to uh, get in a mention of uh, our show sponsor, the Orange Pill app. Uh, this is a, a new social media app for Bitcoiners to find other Bitcoiners in their local area. And this is going to be a process to really help speed up hyper Bitcoinization by connecting Bitcoiners locally. The app is currently out on iPhone right now, iOS. Uh, and is coming out for Android uh, shortly. So check that out. Uh, you can find details about Orange Pill app in the show notes and the description. And now coming back to Emeralize, I think uh, Orange Pill app, Emeralize, these are actually both applications that are leveraging and building new things with Bitcoin, with Lightning Network in, in well, built into the system how did you use Bitcoin, use Lightning when building the application in your design process? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I, working at Zebedee, uh, I started off as like the first product manager hire. I was actually the first product hire in general. So I have lots of experience building different Lightning related products. And then they kind of taught me a lot of like the foundational flows, like I just became obsessed with reviewing lightning applications in general, you know, design. And then I got into product design. I taught myself, uh, Figma and product design using Udemy and a few other books and online resources out there. Uh, and I just kept designing apps and just kept improving them, iterating. And I got to a place where I felt pretty comfortable designing like high fidelity, um, like solid flows, including like error and success cases. Um, so I just went down this huge product design rabbit hole and already knew how to code and build web applications. So now I could kind of connect these two pieces together. One where I was missing the product design piece before and the, like, uh, I really also understood like how to build MVPs, you know, stuff that has the minimum set of features, but is getting, users are getting value from it. Uh, so I really honed this skill at Zebedee. Uh, and then I, I also became the business lead of Check and Chronic. So then I became 
you know, more burst and I like more high level leadership and building and designing and managing uh, products as well, as well as product teams. Um, so that's kind of like how I got into designing, understanding lightning products and learn from Andre Nevis to get job and many others uh, at Zebedee, uh, Chris Moss. Uh, and then from there, uh, with Emeralize, I thought about like, what would be useful? You know what I mean? Like, what is like a great case of the Lightning Network in my background? Coming from Amex, thinking about payments and how Lightning payments are instant, they're final, and they're ridiculously cheap. I thought a marketplace would be a great use case due to the fact that transaction flows are actually easier. Uh, with the Lightning Network, I knew that to be a huge advantage along with much cheaper payment processing costs, which then ultimately drives down platform costs that creators are paying uh, to have their creations posted onto the platforms like Udemy, uh, amongst others, that um, this could be like a, a much better flow in terms of like a 10x user experience and 100x user experience improvement. Uh, and it could be a large savings. And then I thought, well, marketplaces in general are, are useful. So I could build, uh, using the same sort of software, I could go and build multiple different marketplaces uh, as well. But education is something that I'm very passionate about, uh, as I'm sure you, uh, you all hear. Uh, so I decided to start with education and not go like a super broad view or anything like that and to focus on education and build features uh, for education. So I see like Lightning being a part of like every web application. We see all these different posts online about Apple taking their 15 to 30% off of every, you know, in-app purchase. And I think a return back to the web will actually kind of solve a lot of issues. One, the web is like a lot more accessible by everyone in the world. Uh, you don't need a particular device uh, to be able to access it. So it, 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 you have a much lower barrier to entry in terms of hardware that you require. And then two, like you're able to integrate, like, especially using like the Zebedee APIs or Helen Bits API, or even directly with your Lightning node. Uh, you could integrate the Lightning Network and save on payment processing costs while actually being a simpler integration than doing something with like PayPal or Stripe as an example. Uh, integrating Lightning is just as easy. So every, I think, app will eventually have like a Lightning Network wallet, some capability of a Lightning Network wallet built in. So for example, you can do pay flows using Lightning Network invoices, both 11 invoices on Emeralize. I could change it where you could do a deposit. You can just do a one-click purchase as well. Uh, another aspect that I like of MRLI, especially starting out early beta, but uh, since it is new software, is you can withdraw anytime. I actually enabled automatic withdrawals to your Lightning address after you reach 100 Satoshis. So that, then after you hit 100 sats, it'll automatically fire a payment to your Lightning address. That'll remove any custodial risk off of my platform. And then, uh, yeah, that's kind of like, my thoughts is you could, then I could, if, as I become more, the software becomes more stable, it's been reviewed more, then we could enable like deposits so then you can do those one click purchases. Creators could withdraw after they're earning a bunch of sats. And then if you want to withdraw at any time, you can actually start after 10 sats. I just enabled automatic withdrawals uh, to conserve network fees after 100. And maybe like it needs to be higher, maybe it needs to be lower for like the economics of the network fees, but I'm just kind of experimenting with that right now. So yeah, I think like many different applications will adopt the software. I think we'll kind of return more back to the web and more applications will be integrating Lightning because uh, one, they'll save a ton of money and they'll improve their user experience. and They don't need to rely on a third party anymore if they don't want to, or if they want the simplicity, they can. Uh, to them, really. So that's how I see like Lightning 
in applications in general, kind of like how I learned about lighting products and uh, how I began designing them, building. And I, I have a, actually a video called Crash Course on Product Design uh, on YouTube uh, through like my open education initiative, uh, School of Nakamoto, where I, I, I walk through like the whole process of designing um, a flow and a product, uh, specifically a paywall using the Lightning Network and talk about that. So if there are folks interested in like beginning to design Lightning apps, um, one, I can produce more educational content if there's demand for it and teach how to use Figma at a more basic level. Uh, and then also like begin to elaborate on more flows. I think what Stephen Delorme is doing in with his initiative is a really great place to get started as well. He walks through like tons of different Bitcoin design resources and formulas and such. Where was that? Uh, Stephen Delorme, he has an, an initiative. Um, let me, let me, I mean, it. I think it's Bitcoin design. Uh, community, yeah, Bitcoin design community on Twitter. And you could go to Bitcoin.design. I highly really? recommend all of his stuff. He's a really great educator. Saw him, you know, firsthand at Capcom uh, this year. He was teaching people how to design and prototype, conceptualize, and it's like a bunch of different Lightning and Bitcoin apps, which I thought was super cool. All right, following now. <laughs> The Bitcoin design space, I, I've, I've been following people who have been saying that the user experience and the, the design aspect really needs to uh, maybe not necessarily improve exactly. There are a lot of good things in the space, but, uh, but has to be good and has to, has to be uh, supportive of whatever the user wants to do for people to easily switch from the fiat systems that they're used to, to something Bitcoin based, lightning based. So I, appreciate that it looks like you've you've really taken that to heart and you're building that in with with emerald and so the user experience is you're thinking about that that that's the case right absolutely yeah and this came from zebedee because we're kind of forced uh, at zebedee to think about users that are not bitcoin users and to make it as simple and easy as possible majority of our users are like hyper casual beavers you know people that are like middle age you know playing solitaire or Sudoku, Rain Doku, which is like Sudoku and earning stats and then catching out to the Zebedee app. So we need to think about like, well, how do we explain this information? How do we make it recognizable, memorable, and really easy to use? Um, so taking that, like all of my learnings from Zebedee, I really took that same kind of focus on user experience and applied it to analyze. At least I hope I did. I'm sure there's many improvements that I can make, uh, but um, I'll wait to kind of get some more user feedback, and iterate from there. I think it's been a, a solid kind of flow thus far. And it, it re really resembles like a lot of the traditional point of sale flows too, where you like, in, you select something that you want to buy. It shows an invoice and a button. You can click that button. If you have a browser extension wallet, uh, you can open it up and pay it, or you can scan it and pay it with the QR code and then have things supporting text, having education uh, to be able to tell people, hey, if you don't know what to do with this, click this thing. And then taking them to a resource inside Emerald and walking them through like getting open Bitcoin wallet or getting the uh, Zebedee app or something along the, like the Phoenix wallet as an example and showing them like how to get their stats, how to begin like purchasing and using it as a, like an actual wallet, a web wallet online or a mobile wallet on so as an example. So but these are all things that I kind of think about that I'm going to continue to, to iterate on and, and improve for sure. So how do you hope that Emeralize 
fits into the Bitcoin landscape, the education landscape in the short to medium term, but in the long term, what is your goal for Emeralize? My mission with Emeralize is to help individuals have the best versions of themselves and do what they love. And I think, you know, with Bitcoin and uh, increasing purchasing power over time, it allow educators to post resources online, content creators to post resources and course online and earn uh, the best money ever created. And over time, that will amount in like large purchasing power increases, which then give them more time to create more content and to do more education and even learn themselves. Because I think every educator is also a learner. So that's kind of how I think about the relationship between uh, educators and learning and earning the best money ever created. As far as it relates like the Bitcoin space, I see this as an opportunity to onboard a ton of like high signal resources, high signal courses, and to keep it that way. I'm not like letting it spammy or things that have low quality and uh, allow people to go from step A to step Z. So what that looks like in practice is that I've developed like a curriculum, which like I want to focus on like philosophy and economics very much so like the stuff that Knut does and teaches about. And then I want to get into the technology piece that like what Nifty is doing. And then I have my own kind of lightning resources. I would love like to see PlebLab on there. I think what they're doing in terms of like technology, like front end and wallet development um, is also super cool with the courses that they're creating. So you kind of have this philosophy, economics, technology, and then lastly, like a social layer of course, like teaching people how to get involved in the Bitcoin space, like stuff like what Stefan uh, Libera has done with this course on uh, Sailors, um, like online university. So teaching people like, well, what is like the Bitcoin process actually look like from submitting like, uh, like development requests? What does it actually look like to get involved? What's some of the history um, that have, have that has been associated with Bitcoin and uh, or Bitcoin's history, not associated with Bitcoin, but Bitcoin's history, what, what are the ways context so I hope to really build out like a fully fleshed uh, curriculum for Bitcoin with all the different facets of it, the technology, the social, the philosophy, the economic portions of it, computer science portion. Once like, the foundations have been established, I want to go more broad. This is very much so like an educational technology, uh, not so much like a Bitcoin company, but the, a company that happens to use Bitcoin and, and the Lightning Network. And I want to take it to like mathematics, um, language, uh, more broadly philosophy, more broadly economics, like Austrian economics, and then uh, even beyond to like computer science, learning how to code, learning how to design, learning business skills, learning product management skills, and have it be almost like, just like you have all these different things that all these different foundational subjects uh, associated with Bitcoin. I want to like create like almost like a new Renaissance man, like new liberal arts degree, like sort of with the subjects around Bitcoin. So that would be like my, my, my second, like, so like that's the short-term goal is like get the, the pillars, the, the pillars to get started in the Bitcoin space established and then to move on to like a curriculum that teaches you how to be like a Bitcoin person, uh, learning all the subjects surrounding Bitcoin at whatever skill level that you wish to, that you wish to explore it. And then even take it beyond that to like become something more like Udemy. Uh, Coursera, where you have like a lot of different educators and creators uh, posting workshops, tutorials, full-blown courses, et cetera. So that's kind of what my vision is like. Uh, and I think by doing this, we'll be able to enable individuals of all ages 
to be the best version of themselves and do what they love because they'll one, have the right money to be able to save and accumulate wealth. Two, they'll have ways to actually earn that wealth. And then three, they'll have like all of the different resources uh, and courses that they would need to explore and to discover what it is that they're truly passionate about. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of my, my thoughts on that. And the, I guess the last piece actually would be to build a superior learning management system to what's out there. My, the LMS that I built is very lightweight. It gets the job done, but I would love to take it even further using things like using things like GPT-3 to be able to summarize resources automatically for creators, to be able to create uh, different like mnemonics for people to recall and to remember these different subjects, create flashcards automatically. Uh, these are some of the use cases that I thought of applying or if they are as a way of like bettering the learning experience, saving creators time and increasing the value for learners. So these are all things that I've thought about and I've documented. I like, would like to implement if uh, more people uh, use this platform before I go and build a bunch of stuff that people you know, may not use. I want to see like the marketplace comments that kind of start out first and to people to use it. I hope that answers the question. Yeah, we're, we're going to shield the hell out of, of Emeralize for sure. And uh, I hope... Uh, others follow suit because this is uh, this is pretty cool. Speaking of of sailors uh, uh, courses or, or micro micro strategies uh, learning platform on hope.com, I I believe that that's where they have it. Those courses are all f- free, I believe. And uh, how how is a uh, how are paid courses going to compete with that if, if that becomes a bigger and bigger thing that uh, you know people expect content to be free they don't realize that if it's free or the product maybe that, that might not be the case with with sailor sites but then again uh, I guess you know teaching a Bitcoin course every Bitcoiner is incentivized to 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 teach other people about Bitcoin of course, because that helps Bitcoin. And by helping Bitcoin, you help other Bitcoiners. So, yeah, I, I know what I have for an answer for this question, because exactly that, if if you're not paying, you're the product. And uh, that's why uh, an app like Orange Pill app is, is charging you $3 a month. Uh, like, so there's a paywall thing there. So, so uh, what, what's, what's your ethos around that? What, what are your thoughts around that? And, uh, what what part of that ethos went into building the MRLIs app and like what's what are your thoughts around payments in general for for content that can be free? Yeah, I love this question because this is something I definitely thought about a lot when I was building the platform. On any resource or course, you're able to earn tips and you call them boosts or whatever you would like. But the idea is that like you as a creator could post free resources. Maybe like you don't have a following, maybe you don't have like a lot of people viewing your content yet and you want to open it up uh, for everyone to view it for free uh, or follow like more of like a value for value model where you post something and you're going to rely upon other people to give you value back for the value that you created. So then you can view a resource, you can go to a creator profile, click on a tip button. And then from there, it'll ask you like, how much do you want to tip? You'll click a button, hit next, you'll pay an invoice, and then it'll credit the creator's balance. And if it hits over 100 stats, then it'll automatically fire a payment. Uh, and the user has a lightning address on their profile. Uh, it'll fire a payment to the lightning address, uh, which could even be self-hosted, basically self-custody. Uh, so then you can 
you can earn that way too by posting uh, resources online free. I, I made all of my content uh, for free because I, you know, grew up in the early days of the internet where I benefited tons from free content. But I also understand like the perspective of like course creators and book writers that like you're going to spend months building and creating something of really high value and you need to earn money for it. That's just like, to me, that's the reality of the world. You, you can't pay like a production engineer and at a video editor and like, you know, spend all of your own time without having some sort of like return on your, your investment. So I also see the need for like educators to be able to charge for like the value that they're creating. Uh, so I built with both in mind, depending upon like the, the, the value of the resource, depending upon like what your philosophy is, there's kind of like optionality, I guess, call it. There's optionality to choose whether or not you want to make uh, certain resources or all of your resources available free, uh, similar to that with uh, same concept for courses, or you can pay well then. I think both are completely reasonable and both are valuable perspectives to have. So I, I built it with optionality in mind. Oh, that's good to hear. I think the tricky part for, for content creators is, is to know what, what bracket of fame they're in or whatever you may call it, like uh, how, because it is hard to monetize stuff online if you've never done it before. And especially if you don't have a following, then it's very, very hard to do. So yeah, maybe that could be a course in itself, like, uh, uh, how, to, how to how to start how to be a creator and uh, what tools you can use i mean i get like nowadays like 99 percent of all the information i get online i get from my bitcoiner friends who teach me stuff and it's just immeasurably valuable not only the bitcoin stuff but but everything surrounding being uh being a content creator and being a like public speaker and uh, doing a podcast, all of this stuff is, uh, you know, I, I learn from, from the connections I make via Bitcoin and being, being public in the Bitcoin space. So, so, so I have a shortcut that, but, but a lot of people don't, don't have that. And, uh, yet again, I think that, uh, that people underestimate how, how easy it is to just send someone a, d a DM or, you know, ping someone somewhere and try to reach out. And like, there are so many people that are good at stuff. So, so you could just find a person that's good at something, send them a DM and hope for the best. And if that doesn't work, contact someone else or contact a friend of theirs and try to reach them, you know, by <laughs> a proxy. It's like you, you explaining it to one person only scales to that one person, but now you can actually document that knowledge and share it. Uh, and you could, you could have it scale to like millions and billions of people. And that's yeah. like the beautiful thing about like being a creator and having sort of conversations. And now you can also monetize it either like opening up for free and receiving boosts or tips, whatever you want to call it, or you could pay well for that information. I think a lot of people would find that to be valuable. And it also like help you, it, it actually adds like a lot of signal to you because if you attach like other metrics to it, like how many people have tipped this creator, how many people have bought this resource that also helps you gauge like what racket you're in, in terms of a creator, how much value that you're providing, how much value that 
someone else received. You could also like aggregate all the comments and see how many number of comments and like feedback uh, people have implemented. You could see like the top performing resources and courses based on like the number of purchases, number that's that a person has received. So I think by incorporating money into like social experiences, uh, it one gives you a lot of signal about the value that you're creating as a content creator, as well as like a new path to monetization. Um, and new information, and like, like I very much so love like what Stacker.news is doing with that like sort of information. And that I think it's very useful and very valuable. Like a like or like a review or a rating, like isn't really that valuable in itself. Like if you look at Amazon, what's happened to their review system, it's like every single product, a five-star product, it's not really valuable more. But if you did it where like you had to pay for something to get access to be able to rate you, like you had to like upgrade your account, be able to add more value. I I, I noticed that like sometimes like the the um the, the create like the the author or like the the person that created or produced the product can gift it uh, in in exchange for a review. So I guess it's not like a completely uh, yeah, bro, system, it's but not, I think it can be improved no. with money. Like yeah, if you pay a sat or two sats to be able to review and it, the, or if you have like an upgraded account, now you can leave reviews. I think that will give like higher quality uh, like signal information. The, this uh, yeah. It's so fun uh, talking about this when I'm writing about fractiology at the same time, because the fear that people have is that they will lose their jobs. They took our jobs. They took our jobs. That's that's the fear everyone has. But what what we don't see is like technological advancements don't steal jobs. They steal tedious tasks and they free up time for everyone. And the 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 people who benefit the most from from technological advancements are always the, uh, the the customers. The 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 lower your income, the the more gain you make proportionally from stuff becoming cheaper. Stuff becoming cheaper is is more important to the to the poor classes of society than than it, you, you know uh, minimum wage or something stupid like that. So so. Uh, Today, anyone on earth has access to like the, not only courses in, in, in important subjects, but the best fucking courses in those subjects that, that, that are available on the entire planet for free. Like that, that's the case today. You, you can learn so much by just looking it up on the internet. It's, it's, uh, unbelievably cool when you, when you think about it that way and how much prices of inf- Prices, the price of information is finally headed towards wh- where it ought to be all the time. Like there's no intellectual property. Well, there's one, there's Bitcoin, but there's no other intellectual property than there th- than that, and there shouldn't be because information should should be free. It it thrives when free and shareable amongst pe- people. So, uh, so this whole. What you're really doing when you're a content creator and and you you're able to monetize your like your name uh, for uh, and sell stuff, so like courses or books or whatever it may be, then what you're really doing is like you're you're monetizing, you're selling your t- time or you're freeing up time in order to do other things, and and you people choose to help you to do that. So so that's there's nothing wrong with that, but. It, but I wouldn't count that as selling some sort of intellectual property if if the thing is available for free also at the same time. So the, there's 
the moral dilemma isn't really there. It's only there because it's a product of, of uh, the fiat mindset and the fiat paradigm. All, especially the advertising models, they, sh they shouldn't really be there. It's, uh, it's an outdated system. And, uh, well, it's going to be interesting to, to, to make this journey and see what we can do with Emeralize and see what we can do with the Lightning Network in general in the future. Uh, and with content creation and GPT-3 for, uh, uh, yeah, I haven't really looked into that yet, but uh, the tools are amazing. I mean, I use Grammarly, which uses some form of AI in, in the back end somewhere. And that's just amazing how powerful that tool is and how much it has improved my writing, especially when I've learned how to not use Grammarly and to, to not give a crap about its suggestions every now and then. But, but, <laughs> but, but it's really a valuable tool because you, you, you can instantly see what options you have when forming a sentence. And that's very valuable to, to, to writer. So, yeah. Uh, is there anything you want to add Santos? Like, uh, something you've been thinking about, uh, uh, apart from what you've already told us that you wanted to include in this. Just yes, have bullish on Bitcoin, bullish Sorry. on the community. Yeah. Bullish, bullish on Bitcoin and bullish on Bitcoiners. Yeah. Aren't we all? <laughs> extremely bullish perfect uh thanks a lot ben uh santos i think uh we'll we'll uh, we're actually uh i think if all goes to plan we're going to be releasing this episode on the day that that uh you're you're saying that everything is going to be available to users so hopefully uh uh whoever is listening to or watching this can go uh, check out emeralize now go do it the link will be here for you somewhere accessible emeralize.com uh, yeah perfect yeah uh th there will be teasers uh before that fr from this chat so so uh yeah looking forward to using those for spreading the word about emeralize too so uh once again thanks uh, thanks a lot santos and uh we'll we'll be seeing a lot more of one another Awesome. I'm really excited. Looking forward to the collaboration. Looking forward to building staff of great Bitcoiners. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm super, super bullish and that I hope to enable more cypherpunks and to help more people discover what it is that they're passionate about and learn it and build stuff with it and make a uh, like that. So I think we're, we're going to do that together. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me on. We're truly honored. <laughs> the honor was the pleasure was all ours <laughs> so uh yeah and maybe we can integrate emerald and, and orange pill app somehow i don't know teachers in your area or something we'll see uh the, the possibilities are literally endless so uh with those words thanks a lot see you next time <laughs>